You're listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey, The Good, The Bad, and The Branding with Danielle Clem, the weekly podcast created for fellow entrepreneurs, whether just starting out, established in your business, or simply testing out the waters. We're here to put the real back in entrepreneurial reality. Each episode guides you through the different paths walked and lessons learned by fellow bosses, how they got through it, and tips that got them there sprinkled in with a little business branding and a whole lot of heart. One question is, are you ready to dive in? Here's your host, designer, marketer, and frequent iced coffee drinker, Danielle Clem. Before we get started, I do want to mention that I have a free training going on right here, right now on how to create consistent client leads with Instagram without spending more time or more hours online. This is the place to be if you are a fellow service-based entrepreneur who has been putting in all the hours when it comes to hustling online, searching on social media for more clients, and just haven't been able to find that steady growth of consistent clients coming to you, then you need to get your butt into one of these seats. And you can register at bit.ly bit.ly slash free insta lead sounds just like how it's spelled free insta lead put that in get your spot choose a day and time that works for you and get into it because i promise you you will not want to miss out on this free training if you are just like me when i first started wondering okay how do i get clients to come to me consistently without being in facebook groups all day or new hashtags every other day this is your solution. So make sure to go to bit.ly slash free insta lead, which again will be down in the show notes too, to get your spot, get your seat and get started because I promise you it'll be the best hour you spent. See you in there. Hey guys, today we have on Susie Cover, who is the host of Location Independent Boss Babes Facebook group and helps service-based biz babes who are driven as fuck, I love this, know what their sole calling is to grow their audience and their confidence so that they can become the most authentic versions of themselves, eliminate make-believe boundaries, and create the true freedom that every single person craves. And she does this all while traveling full-time around the world, living the life that she's always wanted to live. Welcome to the show, Susie. Thank you so much for having me. Hi. Thank you. I love that bio. You sent that over to me a little bit ago. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's going to be, that's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) So for those who might not know kind of your story, I'd love to begin with the first part of your journey. So kind of what led you into going down this path of, you know, now you're in this space, I noticed you're shifting kind of your positioning recently, which I love. What was the first part? What was Susie 1.0 before all of this? Susie 1.0 left Germany and her corporate life five years ago with a backpack because she thought she has to choose between money and freedom. And she was, she thought, I don't give a shit about money. I want the freedom. So I sold everything I had. I bought a one-way ticket to Africa. I had a backpack only and I backpacked around the world for a year until I was almost running out of money and then I got a job in Sydney, Australia, which wasn't the worst thing. It was definitely a better place to live. It was close to the beach. It was a fun lifestyle, but it was still a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of couldn't, I don't know. I don't fit in into jobs. I don't mm-hmm. know why. I'm just probably has always been meant for entrepreneurship. I just didn't know it. <laughs> so I started as a classic life coach. I did a life, cert- life coaching certification and started finding my clients on social media. And I found that easy. 
And then relatively soon people were asking me, what do you mean do you find clients online and you work from wherever you are with Zoom video calls and how does that work? And that was already when I was transitioning more and more into helping people how to start a location independent business and take offline businesses online, literally create something that they can take with them because I didn't want to start from scratch again in my mid-30s whenever I move countries and I move quite a lot. So I just wanted to have something that is basically mine that serves the world and that I can take with me. That's fantastic. And I think the really great thing about what you mentioned too is when you first started, I think all of us have this like itch or this knowing that we're not meant for the corporate or job path because the, I love it because so many people like we so, so many of like the 99% who are out there try and make it work you know they try and make it work in the um, corporate nine to five but it's like you know when your heart soul everything is just telling you to the one thing I I knew like I didn't know how long <laughs> when I was quitting my job and wanted to go everybody was like so what do you mean how long are you going for what are you doing when do you come back and what about money and I didn't have any answers to those questions which was pretty scary actually but the one thing I I did know is I've been to Cape Town before and it was a beautiful experience because Africa is the kind of continent where I have experienced that people who don't have money can actually be much more happy and much more fulfilled than all the people that were surrounding me in my corporate life. Mm, that's that's so true and I think like with your space that you're in now one thing that really helps you especially for your clients to see that is you came from the mindset or you know the space where you had the same negative or poor mindset that so many of us have and you're able to work out of that so i wonder i mean i know that journey is always a never-ending one but i wonder for you when you first started on this path what was your idea how did you think personal growth or business growth was going to happen and how did it actually happen for you I've always been a personal growth junkie, kind mm -hmm. of, um, but I did not really understand the connection to business growth. So when I started my business, I hired a business coach for a lot of money and was a huge investment for me. And I was super scared to make this investment. And then all I learned with this business coach was basic strategy, how to start an email list, how to start a Facebook group, how to be visible, how to do discovery calls, those kind of things. And it was great and it worked. And I was able to apply this after a couple of months and I got clients. But I still didn't have the confidence to feel that I know what I'm actually doing. I still mm -hmm. felt like, okay, I, got, I have clients, but that's probably just because I'm lucky and not because I'm an expert in my field. So basically the strategy was there, but I didn't do any business mindset work. I just thought I'm lucky. I just thought, okay, things are kind of working, but it could just as well not work anymore next month. So I didn't really have any kind of certainty that, two months from now, I would still be running a successful business. It was always like, yeah, it's kind of working, but maybe not forever. Worst case thinking, worst case thinking. So the old patterns, I still had them. I was like, yeah, well, it means nothing. We could all fall apart anytime. Yeah, that's such a really interesting way of looking at it too, because I noticed for a lot of people, especially those who have like really good launches, their first launch or second launch, and it's really good. The next thought's always that this was great, but how am I going to recreate this? You know, like it's always the next thought after that. It's an immediate thought after that. I remember when I had my first client, I was like super excited because I had my first client, but then I was like, okay, but how do I get another one? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's such a good place to say it too, because I love when you look at the space where so many of the people online, and I mean, you can probably say this too, 
there's this veil, I think, of between authenticity or being genuine and like transparency versus people who are just like, oh, yeah, you can definitely do this. You can definitely create consistent stuff, but never show it. And I think the really great thing about what you do is you show up, like you show the fuck up in, in your Facebook group and wherever you're at. And I love what you're doing with that space. And I'm really curious for you, when you first started, when you were in the space of kind of moving in forward, how was the support system? Did you have anyone around you who kind of was helping you like was supporting you in the sense of like being an emotional friend or was it kind of just like on your own, we're going for this? I found it pretty hard at the beginning because I did not have a friend circle of entrepreneur friends or people who did stuff like that or people who made a lot of money with their online business. So I felt relatively isolated at the beginning in regards of, okay, I'm trying to make this work. I don't really know if it's going to work. I don't really know what I'm going to do if it's not going to work. And basically the people surrounding me were more like well you could just get back to a job and I was like oh that's absolutely no that's not negotiable that's not what's going to happen so I think it's very very important to find a network of people who are at least at the level where you are better even at a level where you want to be so that's when hiring mentors and being in masterminds became an absolute life-changing game for me really surrounding myself with people who know the ups and downs, who can tell me, okay, this is normal. It's not always happy sunshine. There will be days where you feel like everything is falling apart. And that's all right, because it's not going to fall apart. Um, so mentorship, surrounding myself with like-minded entrepreneurs, that's basically the foundation why I started my Facebook group. I wanted to have vocationally independent business who understand that I do not want to settle in one place, that I do not want to settle in one job. And I just was craving connections with people who get this. Yeah, that's such a great thing to say too. Because I was similar to you when I first started my business. I think one of the first investments I made was in a business coach because I knew early on as well that one, it's lonely, and two, with no matter how sane and calm and collected you are as a person, when you go into your first year of business, that goes out the window. <laughs> like the emotions <laughs> fly over. The, you know, just it takes so much time. So to have someone in your corner, like a coach or a mentor or small group who's rooting for you is invaluable. And I just, I love that what you're doing. So what's really great about you too, and especially for your Facebook group, you've cultivated this beautiful, beautiful group that you have. I mean, guys, I will put it all in the show notes below and like links below because it's a really great group to be in. You, you allow for not only communication and discussion, but you really give, like you give to your audience so much. And I'm curious, how were you able to grow this Facebook group in a way that felt, you know, easy for you, but also, I mean, from zero to 13,000. I know a lot of people can't say that. So that's why I think it's really good to talk about this topic. You need to love it. Right. I see a lot of people <laughs> that start a Facebook group because you should have a Facebook group or because they see some people make money with a Facebook group. That was never my intention when I started the group. I always wanted to have a space where I feel safe, where I can talk about my topics, where I can share the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and not only the ups of, hey, look how much money I made last month. I wanted to have a space where I know it's my space. I don't know. It's like, it's like in, I'm inviting people into my house, mm -hmm. but I still know, okay, it's a safe place because it's my house. It's only like-minded people. It's only people who share my values that have a lot in common with me. It's only women as well in my Facebook group. And that just felt very good for me. And I always showed up since the first day I founded it. So 
no excuses. No, nobody's replying to my stuff. Maybe I should just not do it for a week. I was always there because because it was always close to my heart. And I think people can feel that somehow. You hit on a fantastic point that so many entrepreneurs, I think, get confused by is they think they have to do everything, you know, do a Facebook group, do a page, do a YouTube channel, do ads. And that's one of my biggest stands. And I think same thing for you is don't make things complicated for yourself. Like simplify the most you can, because I mean, I've seen it happen. I was there before as entrepreneurs, you're very creative. So you get ideas probably almost every day, like new programs, new offers, new things, which is fantastic. However, leads to people have, I've seen people have at least 20 courses at once and I just don't do it. <laughs> just don't do it. But I'd love to hear for you because you're really great about keeping your programs aligned for when they feel good. You launch them, you promote them because it's what's good to you. And when it doesn't, you shift, you promote, you pivot. So what is it for you when you go through getting a new idea to launching it? How do you keep yourself in this space of not only high vibe, but also you got this, like that certainty that you kind of need to keep you going for it? First of all, I think it's experience. I've launched stuff because other people wanted me to launch it and my excitement level was like, yeah, I could do it. Okay, if people want it, why not? Those were not my most successful launches. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I'm sharing a big surprise here, <laughs> but the things that really work for me are the things I'm really passionate about, are the things where I think this is the most amazing thing you need to buy this because it's the golden banana of solutions for your problem. And when I really, really stand behind this, that's when, when it's working because people feel the energy, people believe it and it works. It, I don't know. It's just working. So I completely stepped away from this whole thinking of what could I launch that could make me money or what could I launch that people want to buy? And I really go on, okay, what would excite me right now? And I know that this is the right thing to do. So I'm usually very fast with jumping on exactly that, doing exactly that, following the nuts and committing to it right away. So I don't spend much time on, overthinking anymore i don't do that anymore i have been the kind of overthinking person that's like oh, should i should do this i don't know maybe i ask people first then you get confusing results because two people say oh yeah that sounds awesome and two people say you know i don't know and you're just as smart as you were before you need to follow your own gut instincts and, and and just go with it and not stay stuck in overthinking land for two weeks before you then start writing a sales page and then Two weeks later, when the sales page is ready, you're actually not even as excited about it anymore than four weeks ago when you actually had the original idea. So I'm usually very, very fast with my ideas and then implementing them. That's so true. And I love when it comes to the space of, I think, creating new programs. As a marketer, too, I know, obviously, market research calls are great. They are needed. But sometimes, like you said, they can get almost on the opposite side where it's almost to the point of, okay, what do I do now? You know, I got 5,000 answers from five different people and all these polls I put out into other Facebook groups and you start to get conflicted. And I think what you mentioned is a really great part is in business nowadays, I really think there is this need to blend strategy and intuition, you know, because without either piece, obviously, you'll get either too strategic, which means you're going to be too much in your head, which comes from the overthinking part, which girl, I've been there. <laughs> I've been in the ballpark for years. And there's the other side, which is intuition, where sometimes it can almost feel like 
you have so many ideas or you're not really sure, but when you tap into that intuition side, you're allowing yourself to kind of see what actually feels right and to guide yourself from there. And every single time I've talked to someone who has had a successful launch, it comes from, like you said, you felt so good about it and you continue to feel good about it. You, you're allowing yourself to feel in that way versus biggest mistake I've seen is, well, I think I should do this. The word should, or I think this is what my client would want from me. But already saying that, you can sound, you can hear your tone of voice sounds bad. You can like it just it's not going to go well. I have this with clients all the time. That's the kind of conversations I have with one-on-one -on -one clients. They tell me I should do a podcast or I should do this and this. And there's all those should, should, shoulds that people see from other people doing stuff, from other people teaching stuff, from other people preaching stuff. And that's when, for me as a coach, there's a big red flag going up and we really have to look at, okay, why is there a should? I mean, either it's something you don't want to do and sometimes you can just drop it. You don't need to be on every social media platform. But sometimes as well, on the other hand, and that's why it's really useful to have a coach that works through you with that. Sometimes we just don't like things because we're scared of that. I have a lot of clients that say, yeah, video is not my thing. I don't want to do video. I think video is just not my tool. And maybe it isn't. Maybe you're a writer. Maybe you're meant to be a speaker. But very, very often when you look closer at it, it's usually that they're just very uncomfortable on videos and not that they haven't found their one tool yet. I feel like a lot of people love to avoid stuff and then it's very mm -hmm. powerful to have someone like me that's saying, hang on there. Why are we really avoiding this topic here? Yes. I I think for me, the way that I try to explain it sometimes will be like a hesitation versus a hell no. Like a hell no mm -hmm. is going to be, it's a not going to happen. I don't want to do it. And hesitation's more that fear. And usually the fear, like you said, it's coming from a place of you actually want to do it, but you don't either allow yourself to, or there's something that you're not working through. And like you said, a coach will allow you or a mentor will allow you to call you out on that basically and help you work past it. Because I think as you can probably hear as well or talk about as well, one of the biggest things that take people away from successful launches or, you know, just really having the life that they want is themselves. That's usually the biggest problem. Absolutely. There's no one else. There's always, that's always the number one problem. <laughs> and I'd love to hear too, since you've been on this space of really radically working on yourself and working on the beliefs that you have, what have been the two biggest ones for you that either have been popping up a lot or were the biggest to kind of overcome from? I'd say money scarcity. So the, the never ending thought of it's not enough money. This costs too much money. I can't afford this kind of coach or program or mastermind or team member. I mean, you can apply this to literally everything. And I do come from a very scarce money mindset in the way I grew up. And I was raised in regards of, so I'm a money hoarder. So I'm more, I was more taught to keep money when I have it. And that is not very beneficial in entrepreneurship <laughs> because it is a lot about taking risks, about investing in your business, investing in your own personal development. So that was where I had to do a lot, a lot of inner work to really understand, okay, this is actually an investment into my future. This is not just stupidly spending money and throwing it out of the window. This is actually what it takes to be a business owner, to take certain risks to invest in money into things that you don't know always how they're going to work out, but you cannot just sit there and not do anything because you're scared because you don't know the outcome. And I think the second one is going in a very similar direction that is being okay with being uncomfortable. Mm. I was so scared to leave Germany because I just didn't know what was going to happen and it's just very uncomfortable. 
it's very uncomfortable to quit your job, jump into something head first and not knowing how it's going to turn out. And we are specialists in having all those worst case scenarios that could happen. And oh my God, I might be broke and cry and get sick overseas. And oh my God, nothing of those things happen. But I had to really train myself to not only always go into the worst case scenario but also as well into the best case scenario what could happen if i go all in in my business and i make this investment and i actually trust that something good is going to happen from it that's a really great thing to speak about because that was same thing like you i think that was one of my biggest parts was always going straight into worst case or overthinking mode you know what if this fails what if that doesn't work and there is something i heard from my coach a while ago where what if you say the word what if and actually think about the positive outcome that could happen you know what if you get a client tomorrow what if you get a client today how would you feel and like you said i think so many of us we romanticize the ideas but then we get really afraid once we get close to like the actual result or you know the end the end part of a launch or the end part of something because oh no something might happen we might be like you know in the worst place possible when in reality I think that idea or that principle of trusting really has to come into play as an entrepreneur. Absolutely. I think what you're, what you've mentioned as well is a lot, this whole fear of failure thing. I've mm-hmm. reframed that a lot as well. I mean, all the successful entrepreneurs that you see, they don't even believe in failure. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, there's no failure. What's failure? Failure is only two people sign up for my course. Oh God, what a failure. So what do you do then? Well, you're either do it again and get more people in or you decide that it's maybe not the right course launch and you launch something else that's what's going to happen you're not going to die or i don't know there's nothing to be ashamed about sometimes in business you just have to try things and if they're not working you move on yes that's such a big part that i think a lot of entrepreneurs don't realize especially the ones who are in the first one or two years or so is that you can pivot, like you can actually change your idea or program. Like one of the ones I had a while ago was for one-to-one that was 12 week. And to be quite honest, it felt kind of long to me. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to drop it down to nine or 10. That feels better. And that's totally okay because that's what feels best for me. And that allows me to show up the best that I can. Absolutely. I do this all the time. Right? I don't know. Like people sometimes are like, I have to pivot because everything is going to change. I change whilst I go. I mean, I'm always changing. I'm never the same person than two weeks ago. If you meet me, you know that there's always a lot, a lot of movement and a lot of growth and a lot of development. And my business develops with me. However, I've never had this need to make like a big announcement of big news. Susie is transitioning into a new message. It's never such an active decision. It's just me talking more about mindset than about business. And out of a sudden, I'm more doing mindset coaching than business coaching. And it happens. That's fine. Yeah. And that's something that I noticed so many, including myself when I first started, because I pivoted a lot when I first, I think my first year or so, they pivoted six times. And I thought I had to make it, I literally made two announcement posts, like an Instagram post, like the whole graphic. I'm like, this is me guys. I'm changing my name. I'm changing my title. And I was like, no one really cared. Like, they're like, yeah, that's great. You know, happy you're still here. And it just, it's one of those things people we don't realize that at the end of the day, we're still the same person that we're going to be no matter what in the sense of I'm Danielle. Today, I'm talking about marketing. I'm Danielle. Tomorrow, I'm talking about whatever I want to. My ideal client, the person who's going to buy from me, probably needs to hear both because that's why I'm speaking about it. And it's okay. 
I think that's funny that you said that. Yeah, I personally believe it's not necessary to always have a big announcement, a new title, a new branded logo, and a new business, basically. It's like we start again, and then we start again, and then we start again. We're at the part of the journey. Yes. And speaking as a former brand designer and website designer, that was probably my hardest thing to give up because I was like, we'll spend three days on our website, change everything and make it the best it can be. And at the end of the day, even as one of those people who used to be, you know, two years ago, I can tell people, you don't need to have everything figured out at first. You're actually not supposed to. If you learned, kind of like if you learned your whole life story at the beginning of your life, kind of be boring. <laughs> like, there's a reason why we don't know it. And I love what you do and speak about that because that's the reason why I called this um, podcast a female entrepreneur's journey because so many people, they look at it and say, oh, I want to hit 10 or yeah, six figures, $10,000, $100,000. And then it's like, well, what about the day after that? What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. What about the day you sell out your program? What, what, about, what about then? And I think that's what I love about what you're speaking is that there's always going to be that next day. So you have to allow yourself to say, what comes next? What do I want to happen? I, I think the more that you go into business, the more you take a step back and really do more inner reflection and then work versus so many other people will do so much noise outer, you know, social media experts says that kind of stuff and then take it internal. And then they feel just so discombobulated. Yeah. Because you're all over the place because you're mm-hmm. taking on energy and advice and opinions from all other people um, apart from yourself, actually. Yeah, and one thing I'd love to hear from you too, because you shifted recently in the last like, month or two to really call out people and like call out certain like really polarizing content or uh, whatever you want to speak about it as where you're really speaking to your person, like whatever you want to say, you are saying it out loud. And you speak about certain topics. I can't remember them to my mind because I need to get more sleep later, but the topics you've been speaking about really help to show it's not always going to be hard or business doesn't have to be this way. Like you really show your Facebook group people and everyone on your list that polarizing content, speaking about what actually you believe in, not what you think people need to hear is the best way to go about that. So I wonder for you, since you've, you've ramped this up recently, what were the shifts you had to make internally to allow yourself to just be like, hey, this is what I need to speak about and it's okay and I know my client needs to hear it? The important shift is to focus on the client and not on everybody else. So in my Facebook group, as you said, there's like 13,000 people. Not all of them are ideal clients. Not all of them want to invest into high-level coaching. Not all of them want to hear that they actually need to do the inner work instead of worrying about the mean Facebook algorithm that's destroying their visibility and it's not their fault. It's the mean Facebook algorithm or whatever it is. You need to express your opinion, first of all, because you are paid for being you and you don't want to hide who you are. And second of all, because that is exactly how you're going to find clients. Mm -hmm. If you're just doing what everybody else is doing and if you're just doing those three tips on how to get more followers on Facebook or three tips on how to be really visible. Nobody's going to stop and think, oh my God, this is the most mind-blowing thing I've read all day. Yeah. And that's actually something that I noticed more and more happening is that there's this shift, I think, that's going on. Because for me, I'm definitely, I'm definitely that person where if I'm speaking to someone, stories will flow out of me. But then when I start to like start to write, 
they just decided to like disappear from my brain. So I'll be like, oh, let's go to value content. And like, obviously I love value. It's great. But like you said, if someone can copy and paste your post and it doesn't even sound like you, it could be for anything else. You're not showing up fully. You're not showing up as you are. And you're not speaking honestly, probably about yourself as much as you actually need to. Yeah, I love to hear opinions of people. Like literally, I mean, there is all things that we all teach about mindset and about business and it's a big blurb of content. But I want to know what's the personal journey of a person. Where are you struggling with mindset when you're a mindset coach? What are you doing about it? What's your process? How many hours a day do you actually work on your mindset? I don't want to have three tips on how to change your mindset. Yeah, there's a post that you did, I think a little bit ago, that was, um, you mentioned, and I think you spent, you spend usually about two hours a day for mindset work. And when I read that, I was like, well, I got to ramp up my meditation practice (laughs) real quick. But it's a great thing to say, like you said, you show you. And that's the best, I think, kind of clients that attract to you because they attract to you, not just your offer, not just your value post. They're really saying, I want to work with Susie. I don't want to work with Susie because she has this fun offer. It's whatever you put out, they will buy. Absolutely. I had a girl signing up for a program with me and she said, you could have sold a course on popcorn making. I would have signed up. <laughs> yes. Those are the clients that we need. <laughs> That's the biggest compliment, but it actually shows you that it's not about the modules or not even about the program you teach. It is about you as a person. People come to me because they love my energy and they want to become like, uh, like live my lifestyle and get my results and get that speed into in that energy into their life that they feel I'm sending out. That's it. That's the main thing. Not exactly your one-liner marketing message or the three modules, how you structured your, your latest offer. Yeah. And that's a really great thing too. When it, when it comes down to it, you mentioned a post, I think yesterday that was you attract you as in Susie, love to see posts that are more inspirational where people walk the walk versus just negative or versus um, um, mistakes to make or things to avoid. Because at the end of the day, who wants to work with someone who's kind of a negative Nancy? Like there's a difference, I think, between like being bold and then just being like, stop doing this or like avoid that. I see this a lot though. This whole are you overwhelmed in your business because you're doing this and this and this wrong? Are you stuck in your business because you're doing this and this and this wrong? And I'm wondering if that still speaks to people. If people really feel like, oh yeah, that's me. I'm so overwhelmed in my business. So tell me what I'm doing wrong and how I can fix this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like this whole you are doing it wrong language, that is used a lot in, in marketing copy okay. and in grabbing people's attention to relate with them. I don't know if that's working. I think if you are just walking your talk and you're the living example and you do the things you do, then people will come to you. Then people come to me and they're like, two hours of journaling. Can you please explain to me what you're doing there, how this works and how I can basically copy this or implement it into my own life so I get the same results than you get. Instead of me going out there and saying, you're not doing two hours of mindset work each day, no wonder that you're a failure. <laughs> Yeah, that makes complete sense. And God, I could never, <laughs> I could never be like, you have to do this or you're going to not work. And that's one of my, like, seriously, hands down, one of my most irritating um, things that people do, marketers or coaches do, I think, is that they try to give someone the exact model that they're doing and think it's going to work for them. And I just, mm-hmm. it's, <laughs> and that's one of my biggest pet peeves because 
there's a reason why you are you, like in all your strengths, your gifts, your talents, your likings. And when I see coaches who, you know, say they're a biz, business coach or health coach and they just replicate their success and put it on their client, you're not really actually helping that person because it's not allowing them to actually step into that full person of themselves, like that for the fullest expression, the fullest, highest version of themselves. And it's not working. So first of all, I don't want to see like 10 little Susie's running around that are all just many copies of me and doing what I do. But as well, like I always teach my strategies, but people, some people think they can just copy the strategies and they will get exactly the same result. They will get the Facebook group of 13,000 people, they will get them five the on. The whole idea is that you become the person that does not just copy someone else's strategy. And that's what's going to make you successful. If you still think you just can copy paste from someone else and you will get the same results, yeah, you probably didn't get the whole concept yet of leadership, of building your own brand, of becoming your own personality and being a leading example for others. Yes. And even with that too, I think what's really great is when you're going into the space of, you know, I want to become a successful person or so forth. A lot of the times I had this happen a couple of weeks ago where a prospect came to me and asked, Oh, well do, uh, can you guarantee results? And I was like, well, I'm no fortune teller, but I've had clients who get results, but that's the thing is so many people. And I, I keep using this phrase today. I don't know what it is. So many people, but a lot of entrepreneurs in this space allow for them to say, Oh, well, it has to work. It has to be the right thing. But I've had clients who will work together. And then two months later, they're fully booked with people. And it's not, I think honestly what happens is just as entrepreneurs in this online space, we see people who do the 6K in six weeks or the 100K in 10 days, you know, and our anticipation is like, oh, well, I'm going to sign up for this program. So I'm automatically going to be successful, which is not always the case. Absolutely. And actually, that question for me is a no-go. If I have someone asking me if I can guarantee their results, I already know they are not an ideal client of mine. Yeah, I said no. I cannot guarantee your results. And actually, you asking the question if someone else can guarantee you the results is already showing me that you're not yet on that level of responsibility for your own results that I expect my clients to have personally. Yes, that is a huge, huge, huge shift. Every time that I've worked with a client who's meh or, you know, so-so, they usually always, I call them meh, (laughs) just meh clients, because at the end of the day, they're good people. It's never about them, but they're just not in the space where they can take accountability. Like for me, I used to be um, someone who would give them everything, you know, I'd give them a strategy and this kind of stuff. And I still do, but I only give it to people who I know one they're going to take action. I don't want to be your babysitter. I don't want to hold your hand because at the end of the day, it's your business. And I think too many people will sometimes get over-reliant on a coach or over-reliant on something else to like create a successful business for them. It's like, well, no, (laughs) you can learn, you can implement, you can grow. But so many people, I think, rely too much on thinking this is the one-stop shop and also marketing. A lot of people will use it as their marketing is like, this is your, your last stop for everything. And yeah, I just, I feel the same way about you when, when talking about these type of things because it's overdone and it's not working. Like for me as a marketer, I'm on the opposite side. I believe that intimacy and personalization and speaking about who you actually are, your message, your actual story, that's going to work more than using bots or, you know, using a super complicated funnel. 
if you keep doing that, sure. But in the next two years, whenever things are being overdone, the opposite needs to happen. So now that everyone's trying to automate everything, you need to go the opposite and simplify and speak only to those people. Yeah, absolutely. I do believe in doing the opposite of what everybody else is doing. And I think the leaders in the industry do. I think if you're again following what everybody else is doing, again, you're following, you're not leading. Yes, exactly. And that's actually a really great point too, is one of the biggest myths you believe in this industry is that coaches who are not working with a coach themselves. I'd love to hear your perspective on how people even still do that nowadays and call themselves a coach. <laughs> I do not know. I mean, I think it's people who get into coaching, not because they have this life passion for coaching. I take it. I mean, I, I, I've invested a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money. I would say the majority of my money into personal development. If it's Tony Robbins seminars, if it's my own one-on-one coaches, if it's program, I'm, I'm always in at least two programs and I always have at least one one-on-one coach. I sometimes have three and I do not do that because I'm a coach. Like I would do that if I would be, I don't know what else I would be if I would be a coach. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. probably meant to be a coach, but I, I truly believe in developing myself and growing fast and taking the shortcut and having someone leading me that knows how it's getting done. So whatever I want to learn, I want to work with the best person that can do that. So I work with a ton of business coaches. Currently, I'm more exploring the spiritual side of things and tapping into my feminine energy. So I was thinking of who's the most aligned, spiritual, feminine, relaxed person I know. And then I went to that person and said, hi, can you mentor me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how coaches work as coach without having a coach. I can't, I can't tell you. I, I it always baffles me because same thing I spent a good amount of money <laughs> the last year or two on coaches and programs like for me same thing for the last eight months I've either I've usually been in about two programs simultaneously it usually happens that way I'm either with a one-to-one coach in a group or something like that it just ends up that way it's not because I'm just like let's take my money and just throw it at anything but it's because I know that the coach who I'm with or the programs that I'm with is needed for me at this time and definitely I've had two or three investments that weren't my favorite but I learned from them super (laughs) but yeah I love what you mentioned is with the speak of walk your talk or or whatever that is that's also going to be if you're a coach or if you're a consultant or whatever occupation you are you need to have someone there at the end of the day as humans we're just we love connection. We love that human connection, that person in your corner. And for a lot of people, including myself, you know, my biological mom and stepmom passed away from cancer before I even graduated high school. So I always felt that need to either create a community or find one for myself. And I think that still is true in so many entrepreneurs. So remember that when you're investing, this is for all the listeners, if you're investing or thinking about investing, do it. Because I don't know anyone out, the, out there who could say, yeah, I built a seven-figure business by myself. I'm, I'm saying that as well. I don't know anyone <laughs> who, who said that. I don't know anyone as well who completely transformed their mindset without doing the daily work. Mm-hmm. So as much as some people look at it and, and feel like they don't get it, you know, like why would every coach have to have a coach? Like you don't have to have a coach. You don't have to change your mindset. You don't have to do any, any of those things. But if you want to learn from people who 
scratch what you have and that's usually the approach, approach I take I'm like okay I want to know what you're doing I want to know how you got there I want to know all practical steps I want to know what you believe I want to know what you believe about money about investing about personal development and that is then what I really try to implement in my own life to get to that level mm-hmm. yeah I fully agree so one of the last things I love to do with all my podcast guests, probably my favorite things, is called the rapid fire round, where I'll be asking you a couple of questions and you can answer with your first thought, sentence, or word that comes to mind. And I'm so excited. You hope you always have a fiery answer, like spontaneous. <laughs> no, whatever you feel like that comes out, it's going to start at the easy one and then we'll go down a little bit further. So the <laughs> okay. first question is, what is the favorite book you've ever read? Eat, pray, love. I love that. And it sounds fitting for the lifestyle <laughs> you live. <laughs> what is your favorite word or phrase that you use daily? Oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you see, like that, I use daily. Mm, you see, he caught me. I don't know. <laughs> my favorite word that I use daily. No idea. I would have to watch my live stream or you have to stalk me and tell me. That's probably something. That's probably even in my live stream. That's not a very deep word, though. <laughs> I notice that I say a lot of so. Whenever I talk, like on a monologue, I do like, so what I mean is, so what that means is, <laughs> but that's not very deep. Word. <laughs> I have no, yeah, it's just a very unnecessary filler word, though. <laughs> right. I totally hear you. I definitely was so, I think when I first started speaking, I would say, I used to say um and uh a lot. Thankfully, I was Mm. able to work through that. But yeah, so it still (laughs) happens even in my own copy. I'll read it. I'm like, (laughs) stop using the word so. But I'd love to hear then too. What is your favorite or most powerful affirmation you ever said? Oh, that's hard as well. I think one that I've really repeated a thousand times or 10,000 times is money comes to me easily and affordably. And today I believe it. And when I started it, I did totally not believe it. Yes. <laughs> that is, I believe it. Yeah. With, with repetition, just so much can yeah. happen. There, it's always true. This one you already mentioned, but I'm going to ask it anyway. If you weren't an entrepreneur, what would you have been? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Um, a horse therapist. Something with animals. I love that. I want you to have now like horses just in your live stream, just hanging out. That'd be great. Yes. All right. I want to have an alpaca farm at some point. Probably alpaca farm owner is another. You need that. You you need alpacas. You need alpacas in your life. Oh my goodness. (laughs) What is something you're not very good at or working to get better at? Meditation. (laughs) Same. What is the current meditation practice that you have right now? Is it more mindfulness space or is it, um, is it more visualization? How does your meditation practice look right now? I try a hell lot of different methods to find my own. <laughs> I'm still in the process. So I try a lot of guided meditation. Um, moving meditation might be really good for me. I'm, I'm really not good with just sitting there 10 minutes and doing nothing. Nothing is a lot. Nothing scares me still. <laughs> I'm still in the process of working through that. But yeah, I haven't found my ideal meditation yet, but I'm on the journey of exploring all the things that are out there. I love that. Uh, What are one or two tools, mindset, or resources that you think every entrepreneur needs to have to be successful? Mindset journaling. Mm -hmm. And tools and resources. Books, like 
non-fiction books that actually bring you forward, that teach you something that you get, to, where you sit with your pen and you mark all the time because there's so much wisdom in there. I used to, this is actually a confession that I don't speak about often, is I used to think of books as like the holy grail of things. I would never mark it up. I was afraid to like bookmark things. And now I will screenshot, penmanship, <laughs> underline, because that's how you learn. I, I really believe that. I think if you just, just read it visually, it doesn't set in as hard. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, though. It was a struggle for me as well, too. <laughs> Right. make a mark into a brand new book <laughs> yes I was like I paid $20 for this I don't want to mark it up <laughs> okay one last question which is my favorite one to ask what does success look like to you in your own eyes being happy with what you do every day I'd say very simple but having a Monday morning and being excited about starting your day because I had many many Monday mornings where I thought oh my god I do not want to go outside and just creating a life where I don't feel like that anymore any day because I love what I do that's how I would define success that's beautiful well now we talked we talked about so much <laughs> I'd love to talk <laughs> about what's kind of coming up for you so what are some things that you're currently working on to give the listeners a little taste on what they can look out for Oh my God, you know that changes so fast. <laughs> yeah. And I know, I, I know that you're not going to screen this podcast tomorrow. So whatever I say might be totally invalid when you listen to this right now. <laughs> but I do want to do more retreats. I love my Bali retreat. I want to do a Europe retreat in summer. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm still looking for a perfect location because I want everything always very abundant and luxurious. And that's very easy on Bali. And I find it a bit harder in Europe or in the United States to find a location that is kind of as as we must relax, I want things to be. So yeah, I'm craving in-person stuff. I love meeting people. I love having live workshops, retreats. And it's not always so easy for me because everything I do is basically online because it's location independent. And I can't, I can't even tell you when you will listen to this podcast, I don't know where I will be. <laughs> Very true. And what we'll do is we'll link all of the links for your Facebook group, your page, everything down below so that whatever is currently happening at this time, they will know. Like out where I currently am because nobody knows at this point. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to say hands down, this is one of my favorite episodes that I've done because I, I love everything you're doing. And I think so many people need to hear your message more about showing up first and then allowing yourself to just be unapologetically you and allow for the people who are right for you to come in. So thank you for coming on this episode. It's been fantastic. Thank you, my dear. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. All right, guys, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey with Danielle Clem. If you like our show and want to know more, check out the show notes to join in the Insiders Facebook group or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us next week for another dose of business, branding, and everything in between. See you then.